Queen's lunch. Queen's lunch. Queen's lunch. Welcome back to the number one podcast done on a balcony wins lunch. My name is Spencer Sutherland. You know me. I hope that you love me. And luckily, for once, this is not a solo podcast. Ladies and gentlemen, I'm very excited because I'm such a fan of this guy. He's an incredible singer, entertainer, and I'm not joking. He's literally the number one Elvis Presley tribute artist in the world. I'm going to give you a little baby round of applause. Everybody welcome. Dean Z. Oh, thank you, man. Talk about being a fan of me. I'm a fan of you. Like you're the real deal, man. I'm, I'm just, I'm blown away. I was showing, I was showing you off to uh, my band members in the show here in Branson. I was like, you got to hear this man. Your voice is just so rich and full of warmth and so much just tonality and just, you just kick ass, man. You're amazing. You think you can hijack this podcast and give me all those compliments <laughs> up top? You're sorely mistaken. That's not what's going to happen here. I'm going to give you compliments okay. first. Oh, you got to take your flowers. You got to take them from me. There's your flowers I, right now. I'll take mine. Thank you. Put them in a vase and save <laughs> them for you go later. Uh, hey, Dean Z, you're coming at me. You're looking very handsome. You, your, your sideburns are perfectly kept. Uh, Dude, they look so good. And I'm Got so glad we're recording this video. For you. <laughs> Come on, man. Do you... Okay, so as I said in the intro, the way I found you was... And I know you do all kinds of entertaining. You're just like an entertainer at heart. You'll never be anything else. The way I found you is I have been an Elvis Presley psycho for my entire life since I was in second grade. Um, and I, and I want to ask you this question later too, but uh, yeah. when I... Was I was at my kitchen table in second grade doing my times tables, you know, with 60 seconds, you got to do the whatever. And I'm going through it, and my dad is in the family room, and I hear, walk through a party. And I whip my head and I said, What the hell is that? My mom smacked me in the head and said, Don't cuss. That didn't happen. (laughs) But I heard this and I was like, and I, I literally like I was in a trance and I got up and I went and I took the CD and I looked at it and it was him in this Elvis in this red jacket with this white collar over. And I was like, oh, what is this? Fast forward, you know, all the years later, I was him every year for Halloween. I have a Heartbreak Hotel tattoo. I have a TCB tattoo. He's the reason I do music. He's the reason I, I, you know, fell in love with music. So, so it's, 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 it's safe to say I'm a psycho. So that's how I found you is you are known as literally, and I know you're not going to say, you're going to say, no, you're the number one Elvis tribute artist. Like you're just unbelievable dude. And, uh, oh, man. so that's how I was introduced to you. And then I look, I saw all the other stuff that you do too. And it's just so amazing, man. Well, thank you for that, dude. I, I'm really just living like my childhood dream, like you, <laughs> like we're just getting to do what we love, make people happy through music, through, mm-hmm. you know, originals f- for what you're doing and, and, and then reimagining things. And then like, for me, keeping this beautiful catalog of music relevant and alive and thriving and like life going through it instead of it just being sitting, you know, and it, I want people to experience what Elvis was like live. That's my, yeah. that's my job because, you know, like I, there's nobody like that could touch this guy. He was just the, the greatest. And I'm so grateful. There's a movie that expresses how much of a genius he is versus like a character or a costume. You know what I'm saying? Like Elvis was just so ahead, so ahead of his time. And everybody that we love based their musical love on him. So it's just the ripple effect that Elvis has in pop culture and music and in film and television you turn on your TV right now, flip through your channels, they're going to be an Elvis reference. Like you will yeah. hear it within 10 seconds. You'll, you'll hear something. Someone say Elvis has left the building in some movie, or there'll be a soundtrack of like, Elvis is woven into the fabric of America and society. So, and I think it's a guttural visceral love that we naturally get when we listen to him. It's, it's mm-hmm. like impulsive 
that we like it. I don't know why. It's because it's so timeless. When you heard Jailhouse Rock from your dad's radio, you didn't know if it was old or new, right? You just knew it was yeah. good. And that's I just knew it had this. Him, dude. It had that. It, it's it, you're right. It's indescribable because it had. It pulled, and, and it, I guess it goes back to how he how he grew up and like how what his life was. But it draws from all these insane places, you know, like like yeah. church music and and hillbilly music and country, and then all this stuff combined. Yeah. So it was like, so yeah, it's it's a gut, guttural is the correct word. You're just you're just like, yeah, Ugh. yeah it's like it, you can't help but love it. And I I I heard Corey Taylor. I was at a Slipknot show the other day. I was at the show was in the rock pit and roll, and dude. Oh yeah, it was amazing. I'm a big Corey fan. Did you get hurt? Um, shut up in the mosh pit. No, no. It's amazing how <laughs> polite people can be in a mosh pit. <laughs> It's like these two things. It's like you bump into somebody and it's fun. You hit and then they fall and everyone stops and everyone lifts them up. And that's no way that's that's mosh pit etiquette. Like if someone falls down, you help them. Everything stops. You help them. And then you go back to to bumping into everybody. So that's, that's mosh pit etiquette. What I want, but (laughs) random story. Corey Taylor said, when you're born with nothing, you have to make something that changes the world. He said that on stage the other day. And that made me instantly think of Elvis Presley. Corey's a huge Elvis fan as well. Um, he's talked about him and, and, and appreciates his, you know, what he did for music. And when I, when I heard him say that, I, I instantly saw Elvis in my mind. I saw this little boy from Tupelo, Mississippi, who literally changed everything. Everything mm-hmm. that we love in music and culture comes back to Elvis just shaking it up and changing yeah. it. So yeah, it's pretty, pretty amazing, dude. And I'm, I'm so lucky like Spence to, to get a chance to do this. And I know you understand the feeling cause every you're I can tell in your personality, how grateful you are to your audience and to this entire business and industry that we get to enjoy and, and perform in. Yeah. I can tell that you're like the real deal and that it, you're grounded in it and you're not, it's, it's a service because we're getting to like, community like build some sort of happy moment for somebody and for you don't know who you're you don't know who your life you're 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 touching or changing out there if they're struggling or if someone died recently or if they've just been diagnosed with a terrible like nothing we don't know that but the music that we're doing gives them some joy and gives them that break that they desperately need dude and it's uh such a fulfilling calling and I'm just really grateful that I get a chance to do it through my favorite music, which is Elvis. Oh, man. Yeah. I mean, and you do it very well. Uh, Thank you. <laughs> well, you, you mentioned that you're talking about when you said the Elvis movie, you're talking about the Austin Butler, the recent one, correct? Yeah. 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 Um, yeah. How'd you like did it? Did you like it? Well, I mean, I loved it. I, I did post, I did pre-production on it in 2018, whenever they were in concept mode. Baz's team no reached way. out to me through my website. I was like, "Hey, we've got this project. You have to sign this NDA." And I had to obviously stay quiet until it until the the project was released. But I got to do all the voiceover stuff to help sell it to um, a studio. So no way, dude! I got to read these scenes and stuff, Spencer. Before, like, and I didn't even know wh- how big this thing was going to be. This is Baz's largest grossing box office film yeah. of all time, and that's including. You know, Romeo and Juliet, Moulin Rouge, and Great Gatsby, Gatsby. and yeah, and in Australia, all these movies that that he, that he's done. Elvis, of course, being the box office king, like yeah, he he broke this record. But I got a, I got a chance to uh, get my eyes on this material, and obviously, like through the process, things change. But I got to do a few scenes that actually were in the movie uh, for voiceover as an actor, and I was. So like the whole time I was in the movie, I just kept thinking about 2018 and looking at the stuff in January, February in this conceptual mode and saying, I was so grateful to have the smallest, smallest part of seeing this thing become a motion picture that we can all just be so proud of as a Elvis community. And really, dude, I mean, I'm seeing it right now. The audiences are it's getting insane. more, more, um, more young, uh, more. I was like going to ask, like, school. when you do your your shows, like, I, I would assume that you're getting more like thirty year old women and like twenty five year old. Like, it's got to be. I'm seeing it's got to be happening, right? Ama- yeah, yeah. I'm seeing people that would be right singing along at your show, at an Elvis show. 
That's that blows so my mind. I, I'm 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 like, dude, this is this is what we needed as a community mm-hmm. because the Elvis fans, that movie was not made for us. That was made for this generation that doesn't quite understand what we already know, that you mm-hmm. already know that Elvis is this untouchable, you know, just mega star that's a once in a once in a lifetime artist. Um, but we already knew that. So really the 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 main point of that film, I think, was to get the message out to this generation that doesn't know that. And I think yeah. that's what it did. Oh, it totally did. I, I want to hear about, I, I would love to like go back and watch and try to pick out what scenes your voice is in or you're in. Um, I'm going to try. No. Yeah, man. I, well, I got to do the, I got to do that baby. Let's play house stuff. Um, whenever, and when, when Austin first releases that rock and roll dragon, Whenever you hear yeah, that yeah, first yeah. guttural roar of, well, you may go to college. I got to do oh, that yeah. scene as a voiceover. Um, obviously, my stuff was not utilized for the final takes or anything or for the final productions, but it was Man. done for them to see what the project could be. And it ended yep. up being so for, fulfilling for me to be like, I did that scene. I remember doing that scene. <laughs> I remember doing that scene like yeah. years ago. It's you cool, know. Man. I- I hesitate to say like my problem, but my only like qualm with the film is is, this is a good problem to have is you're right. It's not made for like an Elvis fanatic. I, it would have only made me a hundred percent happy if it was a 12 hour movie. That's the only problem is, you know what I mean? Like it's not, and it's not a problem. It's like, I love the, I love the Hollywood years as cheesy as some of them were. I love it. I, they, that was the part to speed through for sure. And the yeah. montage is fantastic, but you know, it's like, I, I just, I, I would have only been happy if it was like a eight episode hour, hour and episode thing. I agree. And apparently yeah. there is a four hour cut that, that Baz is, is planning on putting out at some point. I will be I'm waiting. the first person in line to get to, to, to download that. Um, but yeah, you're right. And I think the montage just going from a, a technical side of things, I think the montage was very representative of Elvis's speed of which he was creating and throwing content out. He was doing two to three films a year. So that whirlwind effect was displayed Uh in the way Baz presented the movie years of Elvis. Uh, It was just this just churning machine of Elvis pumping out things that Elvis didn't even care for. You know, like there's, 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 um, what do you think the worst one is the first, the worst movie? Yeah. Cause I've seen all them too. Yeah, it's just everything's so, um, you know, what's the word? Like, it's really personal preference uh, for anybody. But I mean, like, if you go back and look at like, um, I mean, there's some, you think about his best stuff, King Creole. Um, yeah. That's like his best movie, in my best opinion. Best one. Uh, Rock, right there with King Creole. Those two, yep. he is just such a badass in. And he's just confident and smooth you can see in Love Me Tender, he's trying to get his footing as an actor. He's acting yeah. instead of just feeling what's happening. So, but he's young. He's 21 years old. I'm like, what do you expect, you know, in a situation like that? Uh, but I'd say like some of his worst stuff would be like, uh, um, live. Uh, it's so hard to say because I like, I love them all, but well, live a little, I mean, love a like, little is not that great, you know? Even though, even the worst one in my mind, I, I love, like personally, I love, I'm just trying to be like, you know, looking yeah. from the outside, live a little, love a little probably. And, um, um, easy come, um, easy come, easy go. Yeah. Yeah. Clam. Bake like, is like clam bake. Yeah. I was going to say clam bakes like pretty <laughs> up there with some junky stuff, but you know, Elvis hated doing that stuff too. Mm-hmm. And even though the music is cool because it's him singing, could you imagine that movie without him in it? Oof. It would be the worst thing possible. <laughs> but you put yeah. Elvis in it and he sparkles the screen. You can't help but enjoy the product because it's him. You know, that's yeah. that's the difference. If if that was any other actor playing that part, that would be the most thrown away film. But because it's him, it's like, I'll I'll watch Elvis. I'll listen to Elvis read the phone book and I'll enjoy yeah, it. Literally. You know, <laughs> it's like yeah. that sort of. That sort of fandom I have, you know, man, it's so fun talking to like a fellow Elvis fanatic because it it's, you know, it's, there aren't a lot of people even like around my age that, that are fanatics. Like there are people that are like, yeah, I like, I like Elvis, but I like, I, I'm, 
I'm in the the percentile where like I know the shoe size and like I know all the and I'm sure you like but the one thing is I still have not been to Graceland. Oh man. I feel Did scared you ever to go. go. No. I'll give you We're the not scared. Toy. I feel um <laughs> I feel Excuse me. I'll give you the tour. I'll I'll be like if you decide to go, you and I are going through that house together. Can can we actually do that? Yes. I work for Graceland. I'm like an ambassador to the estate. This is this is like part of my the joy of my career is also that side of things where I get to work with EPE and content create and like I've been in that house at midnight. I've I've got to shut the lights off, like that sort of stuff. So, so whenever you want to go, man, we'll do it. I'm dead serious. What I'm gonna do is as soon as we're done with this, I'm gonna I, I know yeah. kind of when I want to go and I have to go with you. Let's go. Yeah, I'm ready. we can go to Beale yeah. Street. We can have a nice weekend in Memphis. No, I know it well, dude. In fact, I'm playing it. I'm playing the Christmas lighting ceremony because you know Elvis loved Christmas. I'm when playing the Christmas lighting ceremony. It's in November, uh, the nineteenth. We're down there at the uh, at the soundstage, um, the big big staging there. If you're in the area, dude, if you decide to jump on, a I'll plane, come to the area. You're on the West Coast. Yeah, I know, I'd love that. I'd love that. If you're if you come out here for like. Christmas lighting ceremony at Grayson's really cool. Elvis, they use the same stuff that Elvis used to put out there, like the manger setup and everything. It's all it's all Elvis's decorations. And he'd leave that stuff so up great. until January 9th because he wanted the decorations still up for his birthday on January 8th. Yeah. So it's so neat to see Graceland at Christmas time. And then we're doing our Deansy's Rock and Christmas show, which is like some Elvis, but mostly a lot of rock and roll big band sets are, but also like Chuck Berry and like, Christmas music that you want to dance to, not that you want to sleep to, but you know, it's stuff that you want to like decorate your Christmas tree to. Like it's all yeah. the good stuff. Uh, so we do that show and I'll be there, dude. I'm there Friday, Saturday, and I'll come home Sunday. So if you come out on Friday, we will run through that house, dude. And there's so many little things, so many little details about the house that people don't know, like, you know, where Elvis kept the samurai sword in the living room, weird stuff like that is so interesting. And I'm sure we can get like, the VIP, the VIP treatment in there. I know yeah. Angie Marchese, the head of archives. She's she's the best, dude. This is yeah. This is gonna Let's make do it. my life. I'm gonna shed <laughs> a tear it. there. I hope you don't mind when I yes. shed a tear. I'll be I'll be crying right next to you, dude. <laughs> every time I'm in <laughs> the meditation awesome. garden, every time I'm back there, man, I'm just think I'm standing there at at his gravesite memorial, and I'm just thinking this man changed the world, and I have my life. You know, I've met my wife because of Elvis. I've my my living. The room I'm sitting in right now is because of Elvis. Like yeah. all these things, I'm just I'm always blown away by it. And I'm like, I'm always just so grateful for him allowing me to live this cool life in the in the footsteps of of giants. You know, yeah, that's how man. I feel. Yeah, that's how I feel. Absolutely, I I think very uh, definitely more indirectly. I'm in Los Angeles because of Elvis. I'm from Ohio and I, I came out here because that's, that was the thing that drew me to music in the first place. Um, yeah. Yeah. I, I mean, I, I said a million times you're the best Elvis, but also what you're talking about when you're saying like Dean Z's rock and Christmas, you do a lot of other stuff too. I've seen some buddy Holly videos. Yeah. 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 I used to do a lot of like tribute stuff, buddy yeah. and, Mick Jagger and Michael Jackson and just things that like always spoke no to way. me musically. I love doing all those things, but I think as I've gotten older, I'm, I'm going to be 40 next year. And as I've gotten older, I've been putting more eggs in the basket of Elvis. And, and then the other tributes, I've put them into a show that allows me to be myself, but still like sing a few of these songs. And I know that you, with your inspirations and stuff, I love how you stylize things to organically suit you. And I really, really want Thanks, to do man. that same sort of internalization of the music and present it back out the way I feel it. And I'm working towards that. And I'm, these other projects are becoming, that's the focus for the side road to the mega highway, which is Elvis. Elvis is that for, is the 405. I'm on like the little side road, you know, and I like that. I really like that feeling because the fan base crosses. And as I'm starting to put out these original things and starting to work on that, I want them to hear that as well. And it's going to feel familiar because it's 
in the vein, you know, it's in the vein of Elvis. Yeah. If, if th- that's what I was going to say is you already have this, this fan base that you've amassed from doing all kinds of stuff so that when, um, when you do drop original, it's just, it's going to, yeah, it's going to be so organic. Um, Thank you, what man. are like, if you had to, if there was three artists that make up what your original music is going to sound like, yeah. and they ha- they had a love child, what what would that be? <laughs> Elvis, Sam Cooke, and the Beatles. Ooh, nice. Yeah, that's awesome. I love I love the arra- I love the chord arrangements of the Beatles. I love mm. the soulfulness of Sam and his the licks, the vocal licks, and I love the. The giant, sorry, Alexa's talking to me. <laughs> She's asking me if she wants me to play something. Alexa, Dean, stop do talking. you want me to play? <laughs> do all Eva. those things, dude. I love Elvis, of course, for like the versatility. He hits every age group and it's good. Yeah. Sam yeah, just, is just this. So go soulful. Ahead, go ahead. Yeah, so soulful. Sam has got it, dude. I'm a big mm-hmm. Sam Cooke fan. And the Beatles is just like the mecca in my mind of songwriting. God. Yeah, you know, when I was younger, I didn't like the I like hate I hated on the Beatles because there was that yeah. made up like Elvis and the Beatles thing. I mean, it, not totally made up, but like that was like got to choose one. But then as sure. I got older yeah, yeah. and I started listening to like the later '60s stuff, where they're like, yeah. I mean, it's insane. Like it's the the oh. songwriting and the and the and the chord arrangements and everything are just so insane and inspiring. Um, Very across the even, universe, dude. When you hear, oh, or when you hear the long and winding road. When you hear that song and you say, that's the perfect song. That's like, and I, I watched, did you watch the Rick Rubin thing by chance with Paul McCartney on Hulu? Still haven't seen it. It's so good. And then there's the Disney yeah. uh, Beatles um, Get Back uh, yep. documentary. Amazing as well. But when you watch Paul talk to Rick Rubin, of course, like one of the greatest producers of all time and talk and they start soloing out tracks and Paul's like, and here's a mistake yeah. that I left in and here's. John like messing up this or here's Wes just noodling and finding what we like. And here's the song this is based off of when you hear it like that. It's like, it feels so much more obtainable if that makes any sense. Cause you know, he's like, all you need is four chords. You just need these four. And then this, this adjustment changes the configuration of the chord. It's like, it makes it so much more mathematical than it being this mystical thing you can't get. Um, you know, it's just like two plus two equals four. If you do this and this and this, Mm -hmm. you get this recipe. It's almost like a recipe at that point. And I, I'm such a huge Paul McCartney fan. I've seen him a couple of times in concert and I'm, every time I see him, I'm like, I want to be like that guy when I grow up because he's just so like timeless. He's just like this fine wine that just keeps putting out great content. And, and I see that with Elvis too. Unfortunately, the lifespan is so much shorter, you know, in his career Yeah, being gone so young. Could you imagine what Elvis would have done at 60 years old? Like he could have been, maybe he was a crooner. Maybe he would have been the Tony Bennett type of personality, or maybe he could have been like a Chris Christopherson actor. Uh, who knows, man? The, the, I think the, op, the, the possibilities would have been endless if Elvis would have lived a little bit longer. hundred percent. And yeah, it, it was the, the way I really realized how young he was. I discovered Elvis when my dad was 41 and then the next year, I w- he was 42, and I was like, my, my dad's just outside balling with us on the driveway, like, just dunking on us. And I'm like, you're, yeah. like, that's, you're like a young man. Like, yeah, that is insane to me that, because when I first read it, I was like, oh, Elvis was, like, older and, like, But you think whatever. about him like and, that. Yeah. Yeah. He's yeah. Not, and he, he definitely, young. I mean, he was so young, dude, like. Like the, it, yeah. that, that put it into reference. And I, one of my, one of my friends who lives next door to me, um, is yeah. Yeah. Just recently turned 42 and I was just like, dude, what? Like you don't realize until someone in your life is that age and you're like, yeah, you couldn't imagine what he, he could have kept doing. Yeah. Crazy. I mean, I'm right on the corner from that now, dude. I'm, I'm still performing as Elvis in 1956 when Elvis is 21. Let's and when go. I, when I, when I do that, I'm like, how is this happening? Like, how am I, how am I still putting the motor into it that Elvis had in at 21 when I'm closer to 40 years old, I'm like right around the corner. I'm 39. What's your secret to like looking, how, how much serum do you use? <laughs> Tons of serum. <laughs> do you actually use serum? Because I love it. 
I'm all right. Are we talking skincare now? Because I can go skincare. Look, this podcast is literally whenever, whatever. I might break the computer and it's part of the podcast. So I I get no, this is just me talking as like bro to bro right now about some skincare action. Here we go. Let's go. Have you heard about Tatcha? The brand? And I'm not affiliated with Tatcha. Tatcha is like this Japanese brand. Oh, dude. My wife. All right. Shout out to my wife first because she's the one that was like, you know, you should probably like start using moisturizer and stuff like, you know, as you, as you get a little old, you get those little, you know, those little crow's feet in the corner or whatever. I'm like, all right, sure. it's, it's time. It's time to start caring. I should have started caring about this one in my twenties. I'm in the music business. It is show business. You have to look a certain way. So yeah. I was like, all right, I'm going to go for it. Anyway, I got, I got me some Tatcha, dude. I got the, I got the, the serum. I got the. The the yep. essence, <laughs> got the, the heavy duty like night creams and I I'm like what who am I I don't even know who this guy is anymore and so I use the, that stuff daily and that's probably my secret I don't drink alcohol honestly Spence I don't drink any alcohol I'm not, I don't do drugs I I'm kind of boring when it comes to like sure performance like I enjoy like. I got my medical card, so I enjoy a little bit of that, but that's about it. Like that's like you the have level. to still have a medical card in in, in Branson, yeah. huh? Because you guys are you guys are in Cali where where it's just no big deal. But in I mean it's Branson, not just no big I mean, deal. Like I, I've seen a police officer smoking weed. Like it's it's just it's yeah. just what yeah, you can walk down the street. It's right. I didn't realize And that. you know, I think I think I think about that all the time, dude. I wish we had that sort of open transparency and stuff and the stigma yeah. was gone because it's it's this, you know. If we're gonna it's go, so silly. It is, man. It's um. Talk about inspiring. When I discovered it, I'm a real late bloomer with it. You know, I discovered it in the pandemic, and I was like, dude, this is something that changed my perception of um, creativity. Yeah. And now I understand what I didn't have unlocked before, mm-hmm. uh, uh, and it really just um, my writing has improved, uh, my patience has improved, uh, anxiety levels have do- dropped. All the the positives of of cannabis has been incredible, and I and I'm a, I'm a proponent of it. I don't go out preaching it, but I know for because I don't preach I don't preach anything. I just preach be a good person. Yeah, right, but dude. Like, you're a big preacher. If anybody knows anything about you, you're pushing their you're pushing your opinion <laughs> on pushing, everybody. I'm pushing opinions, dude. <laughs> all through the Elvis music, but I'm 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 a I'm a proponent of it, dude. And I think it's a great I think it's a great thing, especially if. Um, comparatively to like pharmaceuticals and things like that, that can Gee, really yeah. hurt people. Um, you see it all the time, especially, you know, I live in the Ozarks, man, and we've had, we've had epidemics of, of problems with, with different situations and narcotics and things. And you're just like, man, I wish, wish you could help these people to uh, not have to experience that, that pain. And the way to Fuck do it Marty. is through like something that's God given, you know, really. Yeah. Um, yeah. Ha- have you, I just quoted, uh, fuck Marty. Have you seen the show? <laughs> have I, dude, I have not. I got to see it. I've heard no so way. many good things about it. I've heard so many things about it too. It's awesome, man. I, I mean, honestly, it was filmed all in Atlanta. So it's like, not like you're going to be trying to find stuff. I think the aerial shots yeah. are in the Ozarks, but I think everything else is in, is in Atlanta. Yeah. Like, you know, my wife saw um, it and I knew it was all shot outside of ATL. And I was like, all right, cool. Cause I know they got a lot of production there and it's smart to produce there. Um, yeah. and, but my wife watched all the seasons, hadn't seen any of it, but I'm like, yeah, Oh, I, I watched like first two or three episodes. I was like, yeah, I can see it. It's pretty accurate. Like in a few ways, pretty, pretty accurate. It's, it's really good, man. It's a really fantastic show. We got really hooked on it during the pandemic yeah. too. Um, oh, yeah. do you, are are you a are you a cannabis eater or a smoker? I don't smoke because I'm really, really, Same. really cautious. Me um, too, man. And you know, you've got this you've got a God given voice, dude. Like if anything passes past those vocal cords that is not meant to be there, I become really stressed out by that because you know, our, it's harder as well when you've got and I know you understand this and sometimes this is hard to, for other people to understand, but our livelihood is here. Our livelihoods in our, and, and so many people are relying on us to be able to do our job. Like you've got cast and crew and band Mm -hmm. and rig, you know, so if you can't vocalize 
at a concert, not only is the fan base upset, but then you've got all this financial thoughts on your head too, making sure that your band is paid, your cast is paid, your, your crew is paid. And that comes down to Spencer's voice. And same thing with like my vocal cords, man. I'm, I'm really protective of that because that's, that's all we got, dude. These just vibrations have to work properly. And, yeah. uh, you know, I'm not a track guy. I know you're not a track guy. You can't just go out there and just fake it. And, and nope. that's just not what we do. There are things, there are, there are ways, you know, there are people that do that, nothing against them for that. That's just not our bag. And I, and yep. I respect that a lot from you. Um, but yeah, I don't smoke. I just eat and I just do like gummies or something like that or chocolate or whatever. And, and it's usually a nighttime thing, like a hang, Oh um, yeah. you know, me and my wife will just, you know, it's just our time to just watch TV or chill or be creative. I can write really well. Um, but that's pretty much the, 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 like, that's as bad as I get. <laughs> I never, <laughs> I can't drink alcohol. I got one kidney. So I gotta be really careful with the alcohol. Oh stuff. dude, that yeah. makes total sense. Yeah. My, yeah. so my favorite thing before a show, I love having a tequila soda before the show and just like, yeah. um, actually not even really soda anymore. I just do just tequila because the, the carbonation's <laughs> kind of kind of yeah. rough um i'm the right. same way with vocal health right now i don't have any shows for the next couple of months so i've introduced hot sauce back into my diet occasionally yeah, but when i'm it. like about to play a show I, I even not about like a month out i stop eating hot sauce acid reflux i i don't yeah, yeah i don't smoke at all no, um no dairy no no dairy o- occasional like if i have a, a bite of someone's pizza or something like yeah like yeah. or I avoid Whatever. like straight up ice cream and stuff like like things like no that. Way. That that goes out the window. And on my off days, I'll have like if I do a game on Friday and I'm off Saturday, Sunday, or whatever it is, yeah. Then Saturday, I'm like, all right, cool. Give me those Reese's Pieces peanut butter cups. Make them happen. Yeah. I want well, that right you, now. <laughs> you gotta you gotta live a little bit. <laughs> totally, man. That part of it's great. I'm I'm a, I love all that stuff. But yeah, you know, it's smart. You're it's smart of you to to. You eliminate the variables and it helps, mm-hmm. you know? Yeah, and I definitely for stay. Me does that. I mean, I went to the vocal doctor right before this last tour and because I always go right before and then right after like, mm. and um, he's like, you don't smoke, do you? And I was like, no. He's like, look, all my clients, they're rock stars, they're actors, they're whatever. I can't tell them. I can't. I, they obviously need their marijuana. Eat it. Don't smoke it because you are literally just burning your vocal cords every single time just smoke goes past them and it just burns and burns i don't even do bonfires anymore dean i i, I don't even walk go go next to them anymore yeah it's crazy i dig it I've, i dig gotten, it especially when you're working dude like when you're working like and what's your schedule like out there spencer uh out in la whenever you're on a tour like are you are you oh, working man. five six nights yeah yeah on this last tour um yeah Probably, probably about five five a week. We'll do three shows on one day off, two shows one day on or off, something yeah. like that. But there is yeah. a couple strings of shows on this last tour. We did five shows in a row. Um, yeah. And the band I was opening for, this band, Big Time Rush, they're they're a boy band, so they they've got four dudes. They're uh, you know, if one of their voices kind of goes out, the others can can cover for him. Uh, yeah. For me, yeah. I'm. I'm squealing and screeching as loud as I can. And there, there was two shows that my voice wasn't a hundred percent. It scared me for a minute, but, uh, but you're yeah, I just, your ass off, dude, you're, you're, you're singing full out. You're I not, can't not, not just marking. go half. I can't I do it. And you know what? You'll probably do more damage if you went, try to go half. You yeah. probably end up trying to, you'd sing differently. You'd place things differently. You'd tense things differently. And and yeah. the way you're doing it, man, you just have to attack it and just make sure, like, I'm sure your breathing techniques and that sort of stuff is really just your foundation has to be strong for you to sing the way you do because, dude, you are just a monster. I'm I'm so blown away when I hear you on, uh, you know, I've, I've heard all your social media stuff, of course. I've never been to a concert, but I cannot wait to go. Dude, you have. Yeah, you'll have to come up to KC and I'll have to. Can't wait depending on how you feel, I'll have to drag you on stage. Um, oh, shit. <laughs> put uh, me on a tambourine. <laughs> yeah, I'll put you on a tambourine and then leave the stage and you just do a song. <laughs> oh, God. Um, no. No, don't do it. <laughs> they'll love you. Believe me. They'll I be I'll just start shaking my ass and start doing some Elvis moves and hopefully that'll do Oh, it. you're good to go. <laughs> uh, yeah, it's, it's, it is crazy because people will 
I remember the the weekend just uh, just messed his voice up on stage. He was on stage at, in in L.A. Two songs oh, in yeah. and yells yells like "What's up, Los Angeles?" and you can hear it happen. And what and I, mm-hmm. I as soon as I heard it, I knew he bruised his vocal, like instantly bruised it. And if he oh, were no. to keep singing, he's gonna he's gonna ruin his voice. Like yeah. for he's gonna have to go on vocal rest for like six months instead of two weeks. And right. Um. So he he called the show, and I remember people were talking so much shit on on Twitter, and I I even tweeted like out. I was like, "You got like, if like Tom Brady shatters his knee, you're not like get back out there, Tom. You're like, okay, he he can't he can't play. He shattered his knee. Good analogy. Yeah, you know, like it's that that's exactly how it is, and and just because these two little vocal cords are these thin little things, um, yeah it's not looked at as the same and it, and it, but it is, it's the exact same thing. Oh, 100%. It's a, no different than ATL or any sort of other injury mm-hmm. that you'd experience. But the problem is, I think the larger problem is, is that celebrities are objectified so much that you oh, don't yeah. think of that, that person as a human being. And you know, you're like, get out there and do what, make me happy. I get that. But you got to remember that's a human being that's experiencing some sort of pain or something as a vocalist. If you can't do that job, you should probably let it rest and everyone should understand. But celebrity in general is so much, everyone forgets that they're human, you know, and we just talk about them like they're just like a sports team that like, it's almost, it's not even a sports, not even a sports team. You look at them like you're like a car. That's just like, oh, I'm a a racehorse. Yeah. Yeah, totally, dude. It's, it's not, it's not right. I see it all the time and it breaks my heart because I can only imagine like, your 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 level of celebrity and stardom that that you experience is I experience the smallest glimpse of what a celebrity experiences because of of who I perform as, and I get hate just like anybody else would get hate in that sort of regard on social, but I get it in a much smaller dose. I can't imagine what you have to see and what other celebrities in your position have to see, and if you don't separate yourself from it and you start taking that shit seriously it can actually really hurt you you know as a as a person because you're like dude why do these people hate something so simple as like for me i'm like i just i put a video of suspicious minds up for instance and i'm just singing the song and then you get so good man this ripple oh thank you brother you get this ripple you get this ripple effect of people like hating it and loving it hating it loving it it's like why is it so big why do you have to take time out of your day to tell me how much i suck (laughs) You know, it's, it worries me. I'm like, what? And also at the same time, like, why? I don't care. But like, I think as an artist, we're always looking for acceptance. And I, and it's sometimes hard to not look at that one person that's not giving you that acceptance and, you know, end up trying to not notice. I end up trying to not notice that person and try to experience, like, try to say this 10,000 people that liked it. Why not focus on that versus the one person that that's the artist because you're never going to change that that's the artist in us is focusing on the ones yes. you suck or whatever and it's like why <laughs> yeah, do i right. suck but there's ten thousand yeah. people being like this is the best i've ever seen and then that one person's just like eh. And you're like Who yeah are i you know how can i make you happy <laughs> someone said to me one time dude and i and i live by this you can be the juiciest peach on the tree and there will always be someone that doesn't like peaches that's what that's it is. the best way to say it <laughs> That's it. Oh my God. I'm using that. Yeah, dude. I love Write that. Write that song. Make that song happen. Put that in a, put that in a tune, dude. You, I'm sure you have your notebook that you, or your phone uh, note that like, are you constantly jotting down ideas? Like you hear them outside, outside, like someone just says something in passing and you're just like, I got to write that down right now. Yeah. It's usually, uh, yeah. I, so I can't, I can't type lyrics. I have to like physically write it for whatever reason. It just doesn't come out good. If I try to type a lyric on like my computer oh. or something. That's but cool. I have so many voice notes in my phone of me going like, like ideas or whatever. Yeah. And I mean, that's the wrong one, but I was, I thought that was the right one, but there's one where I'm just like, and then I actually used it and turn it into a song that's coming out in like two months. Um, oh, cool. That's but awesome. It strikes at weird times. Like it strikes when I'm in line for coffee and then I have to like weirdly, like bend over and do it or yeah what sucks you're about to fall it, asleep 
it sucks so bad because you're just like, oh, I remember in the morning and then you never do. Yeah. No, you got to, you got to make the voice note then. Yeah. I, I do the same thing. Um, and I bet you, and I've never actually asked another musician that particular question, but the technology that we have with our phones, just to be able to like sing into it and just say, remember this, um, mm -hmm. versus like, you know, and I, I think I need to try that. I think I need to try your approach with typing, uh, with jotting down by hand versus typing. I end up typing notes a lot and I just, maybe it's because you can't feel it the same way or you don't feel the emotion. I don't know how, how else to describe it, but no, it that, I, I feel cold. that way. Yeah. 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 yeah that's like, I'm going to, I'm going to try your, your method for sure. I, and I feel like if you, if you are a, like if you fade towards, I don't think this is why, but I think if you're just like sort of a, a more vintage esque person and like we are, all of our favorite musicians are from this, these years. Yeah. They, you know, I think I just like to live life like that sometimes. That's um, great. And I love the connection yeah. of like the pen to paper and like the thought The th it feels like it's like, is as weird as it sounds, it feels like it's coming out of me and like through my arm and then on the paper. It's, yeah. It's organic for sure. Yeah. You're not, you're bypassing the technology. Thank God for the technology when it comes to laying mm. this stuff down. Um, yeah. It's great. You know, part of me of course loves the, the analog of course. Um, and I'm, I'm really grateful. I just, I'm, I got my Mac studio sitting over here, dude, and I'm just about to set it up today because we've just moved into this creative space and I've really like, all right, engineer time, going to start working, going to make sure like, cause I do my own engineering with home recording, but I'm like, all right, let's get a yeah. big boy machine. Let's make this right. Um, so thank God for that portion of the technology, but the real work is done when that, when that pencil hits the paper. For sure. Yeah, your your studio is gorgeous behind you, man. You're in you oh, said you're in Branson. Yeah, yeah. We're just opening up Kingdom Creative Studio, of course, based off of uh Elvis being the king. I was like, all right, we're doing Kingdom Creative. And it's uh so our logo back here, you can see is based off of the Sun Records logo. Instead of it saying Sun, yeah. it says KCS. And uh and and the whole vibe of it is very much like a mashup of all the things that I love. And, you know, it's kind of a collective. So we do, we're working on video work in here, um, green screen work, uh, digital art, um, cut up, you know, cutting and cutting up music, of course, recording music. That's my main purpose of the room. But, uh, you know, I've been living, I've been working out of my home office a lot and working out of my home studio a lot. Mm -hmm. And I'm, you know, I have a, I have a, I have a little girl. She's three this year. Her name's Everly Joe. And, uh, and so, but so it's cute. hard to record at home. You know, it's like. You want to, you're trying to split yourself into dad mode and you're trying to split yourself into performer and creator. And it's really hard to ride that balance. So I figured if I have a location I can go to, to work, I can dedicate a hundred percent of myself versus splitting my effort and, you know, yeah. going and playing a tea, a tea party real fast with my daughter and then jumping back into creative work. Um, that's the, that's the reason for the room. And, and, uh, I have, a, uh, my drummer in my show, Matt Gum and I are, are, going in together on this. And, uh, I've, I've always wanted a studio Spencer. I've always wanted to like yeah. have a place to go to, to make music and to be creative. And I'm really grateful to finally have that space. And we're just about to start doing projects here right after I get home from my UK tour. So awesome, man. Yeah. yeah I, I, I a million percent agree. We, my studio is, um, two blocks from my house. So, yeah. uh, and I feel the same way. I can do, I could do TikToks here. I can do, I can do covers here. I can do mix notes and stuff. But when it comes to like really writing and finishing my, although I actually wrote a lot of my album here, like the, the beginning stages of the songs, the ideas yeah. on like a guitar, just like in my guest bedroom, which is slash a studio. And then, sure. uh, but I can't, I gotta, I gotta have a place to go to fully, to fully do it. I agree with you. It's like, yeah. It's just because it, because it here, I just get a little comfy and I'm like, well, I might as well just like, well, watch one episode of Seinfeld really quickly. And then yeah. it turns into three and yeah. <laughs> sure. I think I'm, yeah. I think we're always looking for the perfect instead of like, you know, mm -hmm. once I do the dishes, then I can be creative or, then, and when you're at home, you know, then I, yeah, you're always looking for that. And here you just walk in the door, close it and say, let's go. Like, here we go. Yeah. We're, we're making something right now. And I think I kind of need that push personally. Mm. I need that because we're stage performers. So when the pressure's on, that's when we work. That's when we do our best. If, if yeah. I, 
I suck in a studio. And that's the other thing I'm trying to make myself better as a vocalist. I can sing in front of an audience. You get one chance. You've got one audience, one take. You sure. have to do it. But in a studio, you know, I'm, I'm punching and punching and punching all the time. I'm just like, why can't I just do what I do on stage? And that's something that I'm learning as I've been, you know, all through my 30s, trying to develop my um, studio voice to feel as comfortable as I do on stage, if that makes any sense. That's a really hard thing to do. I, I, I even like we'll be recording like a verse and then I'll keep singing it, keep messing up. And then I'll like step off mic and just like sing it how I want to. And it's perfect. And then you like put all that weird pressure on yourself to be on the mic. And it's just like, what? Yeah, I know. Yeah. As soon as I'm like, I'm, and I'm trying to like, I'll hit space bar. I'm like, all right, here we go. Activate. All right, here we go. Let's, let's roll, hit it. Yeah. And then I step in. I'm like, ah! I'm like, what am I doing? <laughs> what is yeah. happening right now? It just uh, sounds I don't know. weird. It's just so, I think it's just the pressure that we put on ourselves as a performer to, because we know it's going to live forever on like disc, if that makes any sense, yeah. or it's going to live yeah. forever on tape and a performance is a performance. It's a organic moment. So, one but I, one. yeah, yeah. But man, I, there's nothing like being on stage. I know, you know that. I mean, like I've seen these clips of you with thousands of people just in front of you. It's just gotta be the best feeling to have. And, and this is a feeling that I haven't had yet. I want to have it. And I'm sure you will understand it. I can't wait to have an audience singing lyrics back to me that I wrote. Best feeling That's in the world to be ever. The moment. Yeah, it's got to be. What is it like? Like, tell me what what goes on whenever that happens. I can tell you're just like such an entertainment guy because you. This is like your sixth time hijacking the podcast, and I appreciate it a lot. <laughs> Sorry, I just like, need to no, 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 I like it. Like, <laughs> you know, it normally isn't like that. So it feels, it feels nice. I like it. Uh, <laughs> good, good. Dude, it's the, it's, I mean, how can you, I always tell people, you know, I, I've never done cocaine and I never will have to, if I get to feel what that feeling, do you know yeah. what I mean? Like I, I'm, I, I can't imagine, like, I can't imagine anything feeling better like that Yeah. to have these like thoughts that, uh, the first song that happened with, um, you know, I, I did, I've been doing this thing for a long, long, long time. Um, ever since I graduated high school and then I, I just kind of came out here, crashed on couches for years and did, did that whole thing and yeah. had to really figure out who I was. And, uh, about three, four years ago, everything started falling into place. Um, and I wrote this song called sweater and it's a funny song. It's, it's it literally goes, that's my sweater. Why the fuck you got it on? And <laughs> I wrote this song and it, it sort of like moved the needle for me. And, uh, the way that I wrote it was we had written a song in the studio and like, it just one of those days where it wasn't really happening. And I called it Uber and I was about to leave. And the producer had, um, like on the TV, he would just play random things and put it on mute while we write and whatever. And he had on a SpongeBob SquarePants episode where the best time to wear a striped sweater is all the time. And it's, he's like singing this, like, it's like really goofy. And yeah. he just like, we're, it's like a nine minute Uber wait. So he's playing these keys and I just go, that's my sweater. And he, and he turns to me, he's like, what is that? And I was like, I'm, that's not real. Like that's a joke. It's a joke saying. <laughs> right. And then he puts like a, and, and then I kind of start to spit a little bit more. I go, why the fuck you got it on? He stops everything. He's like, you got to you got to cancel that Uber. I'll pay for the Uber if you cancel it. So I canceled it, made this song. 6 months later, I'm on my I'm doing my first headline show ever in uh, my first headline tour which is four shows and this is in Cincinnati, Ohio. Yeah. Sold out, sold out this see. little venue and I and I that song starts playing and everybody goes, "That's my sweater." I poop my pants on stage. I can't, I can't imagine. Oh my god. It's got to yeah. be just a moment, dude. And then that and feeling- isn't it interesting that the that for you, you got you were riffing, you were like the tension was off, and that's what hit. Don't try so hard. Sometimes is what that taught me. <laughs> Seriously, I mean, look at look at Bruno as well. <sighs> like all of this, all the material, all the effort, everything he's put into it, and then that first thing was like millionaire right or what was it called was it called millionaire billionaire billionaire, billionaire. all with with just like 
almost like a, probably a little more tongue in cheek too than he ever expected to make it off of. Well, and the That's and the part hit, dude. to like literally add with what you're saying, the 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 crazy part about that is he was never supposed to be. He was a writer producer, wanted to be an artist. He wasn't expecting right. to be on that song. He wrote this song, sang the hook. Travis McCoy said, "Yeah." Oh yeah. Right. Listen to your voice. Right. Same with the B.O.B. Uh, beautiful girls all over the world. That one too. Yeah. yeah. It's like, it's like when you, when you tongue in cheek, when you don't work so hard, when you just, when you just let it, I, I'm just thinking back to like, that's all right. When the, the whole story of Sam being like, what are you playing right now? What is that? Right. Oh, it just, it's just some, some old it's song. Blown off know? steam. Some yeah, Arthur Credit song. Yeah. Yeah. Um, you had and, that and, moment. And that dude. Was, you had your, yeah, that's right, Mama moment. Maybe not as big, butter. but we're we're working towards that that that's I mean, all right moment. <laughs> it's 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 your moment. It's it's like you sure. that happened. That yeah. happened for you. And you've got people singing your lyric back to you that you made in this moment. And that's just a dream, man. Like that that is what is making it. What is making it for everybody? Especially different. especially now. Yeah. You know, of course. Everybody yeah. everybody that you know is a recording artist. So um sure. It's it's a different way, but yeah. What what is making it? I guess, and that and yeah, ma- that it blows me maybe, away, maybe man. That. I at one point I thought making it was making a like I used to base my living off of what my dad made. My dad made this certain number uh, a week. We were a middle class family, four dollars a year, <laughs> totally. <laughs> you know, like and we was a family of of five, three. There's my, me, my brother, my sister, and then my mom and dad, and. When I first got my first gig and I made per week what my dad made, I thought to myself at 18 years old, I think I just made it because now I'm making what my dad supported my entire family off of per week for singing songs. And that was at 18 years old. And that was my, my, that was my making it at that moment. And every year that definition grows and the vision gets bigger and bigger. And you're just like, well, I think it's just a hunger that you have as an artist to, to constantly, to, to try to push your boundaries. And I think I might be a late bloomer at it too, at my 39 years old, but I'm like, what would stop me from that next step? And I feel Mm -hmm. like Elvis Presley has been so uh, good to me as an artist and letting me learn this craft that we both love of being on stage and performing through Elvis's music. I've got to learn it. And then, yeah. Now I'm getting to like find out who I am, you know, and that's a really good feeling. And the, the feeling you described to me with sweater is something that that's my next, I want that benchmark. I want to hit that, that place so I can experience that too. And that's, that is on my, that's the, that's a dream board moment, man. And it's just got to feel so good that you've done that. Yeah. It feels really good. And you're about to have that moment. Literally. I'm, I'm, I'm everybody listening. Uh, I, Dean has heard, a lot of my new music that's not out yet um, have four or five songs, something like that. Yeah. Um, he oh said God. it sucks pretty bad <laughs> and that I should go back to driving a truck. Oh, no, you are not going back to Ohio. You're staying right there. <laughs> Nothing wrong with Ohio. I love Ohio. Play all over Ohio. But dude, you are those new tunes that you sent me. Oh, my God. I'm, my wife freaked out. I stopped what I was doing. I was making breakfast. I was making toast. Dude. You can probably hear me in the background. <laughs> I was like chomping on toast when I was voice noting you. And I was like, oh, dude, this is like game changing stuff. Um, Thanks, man. I'm really grateful I'm going to be able to say like, and you're already a megastar, but I'm like, I get to say I spoke to you at this point and that, you know, you're a friend and it's so cool, man, because I'm just, I know something that is about to happen. I feel like I saw the future and I told you that in the voice note. Yeah, dude. I, like, I, played I, saw, that. The, I just saw the future. I played that voice note for my girlfriend. She was like, that's the best thing I've ever heard. Like, yeah, oh, it, was, it just made my, odd. it made my day because like, you know, I, I have this like lunacy in my head that I've, that I've always believed I was going to be, you know, that, that, uh, next level artist, like the, the next giant thing. And, and since I was a little kid and I still have it in my head, whether it's crazy or not. So to, so to hear that is, is yeah, that's like the ultimate compliment. Oh, well, it's not crazy. It's happening. And, uh, I'm so grateful. I got this glimpse of it, the sneak peek of it, dude. Cause when does that album come out? 
Well, I was gonna, I was gonna say, I don't, I haven't um, announced the release date. I'll tell you as soon as we stop recording. But okay. um, it's but coming soon, the, though. Yeah, you can see yeah. it. Um, I haven't announced my tour or when that's gonna be either. But you oh, will okay. be able to see it on that tour. Oh, good. Yeah, dude, I love a good, I love a good like. Let's give a tease of it. That's so cool. I, I, I yeah. mean, I, and I'm gonna be, I'm gonna be at that tour. I get to hear those songs done live. It's going to be mm-hmm. epic. So grateful yeah. for that, dude. Oh. And hopefully come- by that point, I'm I'm gonna send you some MP3s of of yes. my randomness. And and I'd also say going back to that influences. I've got a lot of influences with the Doors, dude. I'm a big big Doors fan. Before you say before you say anything more, that was my next question. One question. Yeah. It's like so, sort of a reoccurring um, portion of the show, which I ask: What is your? So you're president, Dean Z. Okay. You, you, you run for the next election, you beat Joe Biden or whoever runs yep. and you're president Dean Z and you got a lot of responsibilities here. One of them is you're tearing down Mount Rushmore and you're putting, and you're going to build it back. You're just going to carve the faces off essentially. And you are going to put four musicians or bands or both on there. A band can be one spot, whatever. Who, what, yeah. what are those four? We both, I think, would say Elvis is on that Mount Rushmore, one hundred percent. Who else is on that Mount Rushmore? I mean, if I'm just saying rock and roll, like it's hard because I love everything. I love all styles right. of music. I mean, I well, that's the thing about being the president, Dean, is that you have to make <laughs> difficult decisions. <laughs> that job sucks. I don't want to have that job ever. Uh, that's that talk about never making anyone happy. That's the Ooh. job. Yeah. <laughs> like that's the job where you just you're literally you can't please anybody and then um, you're just scared for the rest of your life that you know because <laughs> you're just way too famous <laughs> exactly yeah that's way too much power i can't imagine all right the beatles are on there yeah i would say it was john paul george and ringo up on all four but it's elvis has to be there um yeah. the beatles are up there for me um i mean talk about i mean i'm a huge hendrix fan too i I mean, if you talk about someone that changed the course of guitar playing, I think Jimmy Jimmy's up there. Um, I'm sure I'm going to say, I'm going to come back to this question after we're done with this podcast and be like, why didn't I say that guy or that girl? Yeah. And and not and totally just be mad at myself. If I was doing a Mount Rushmore of rock and roll, I'm going to I'm going to yeah, like make fair. my make my palate smaller. Um, Elvis is up there. Chuck Berry's up there. Um, Buddy Holly's up there, yeah, mm. uh, and one more rock and roller. For, and I'm I'm really like saying like '50s rock and roll and stuff because I like that's like my lifeblood is that early stuff. Maybe White like, Snake is number four, huh? <laughs> White Snake <laughs> is four. Yep. <laughs> What's that dude's name? That oh my god, I, I suck so bad at '80s music. I wish I was better at it. What's the guy that's singing for Motley Crue right now? <laughs> um. Vince Neil. Vince Neil. Yeah. Ooh. He's not up there. <laughs> but it's dude, not good right I now, mean, man. It's not good. I mean, it's I, not good. I'm sorry if Vince Neil hears this, but well, he's actually. Yeah, it's I'll, crazy to say because he is our number one listener, Vince Neil. He's actually um, on the line right now. Vince Neil, where are you at? Actually, Vince Neil is going to walk in. Your, he walks in the door behind you. <laughs> Come in. Hey, in the video. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Just coming with that little voice, dude. I don't know what's happening. Um, that that would be the the not fourth guy. Don't do drugs. Uh, <laughs> if there's a message there, yes, that's the message. Um, yeah. <laughs> Jimi Hendrix is the fourth guy. That's that's my Mount also Rushmore. Do that was the hardest. And don't do drugs. That's the hardest question I've ever been asked in any interview or any podcast ever. Thanks a lot, dude. High it's, pressure it's not, on that one. It's not easy. And I, I always I've told mine a million times, but mine's Elvis, Queen, uh, The Temptations, yeah. and then the fourth is. I'm sorry. It's a breaks the rules, but it's split between little Richard and Chuck Berry. Yeah. 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 Little you know Richard I mean? is like, he, he's a founder. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. Yeah. But those he's are a my, legacy yeah, those artist are for, for sure. I would, can I, I I'm going to put little Richard up there too. Nice. Richard is my, was, Richard is my fourth guy. I always told myself that I was going to meet him before he died. And then during the pandemic, <sighs> when he died, I got yeah. pretty upset. So I, I got an, you know, one one of the only ones left is is Jerry Lee Lewis, and I got in contact with his family, and um, that's that's one 
one person I'm, I'm I would like to try to meet when I'm in Memphis and we're yeah. having our our Elvis festival. Did you festival. talk to Linda Gale? Did you talk to yes. Linda? Yeah. Oh, cool. Uh, I you yeah, probably, man. Yeah. I'm a huge Jerry Lee fan, of course. He is the last man standing of that million dollar yeah. quartet and of that generation of rock and roll. Um, mm-hmm. He is the man. And I know so, I'm sure like you, man, there's a lot of deep cut Jerry Lee stuff that people don't really know in their day-to-day life, but there's some heavy duty, great stuff that Jerry did, especially on the country spectrum of music. Big time. Um, talk about like soul in a voice. And he had a little heartache too, man. You think about like things that he's gone, that he went through. Ooh, that really, yeah. you can hear that in his voice in some of these country tracks. Um, if people don't know more about going out and listening to Jerry Lee's, not just like, of course, Great Balls of Fire, High School Confidential, all that stuff is great. You dive into some of the other stuff. It's it's pretty deep. And I was really, really dear friends with Mickey Gilly, uh, who is Jerry Lee's cousin. And Mickey just died in May. Uh, oh, and t- talk about one of the greatest artists in country music. 17 number one hits, 32 top 10 hits, and one of the most down-to-earth human beings and souls in this world. Uh, so if people check out Jerry Lee, dive into Mickey Gilly's country stuff too, man, because it is just so good. That's so killer, man. Yeah. Yeah, man. Dude, it has been so fun having you on here. I, could I just like... want to – we want to do the, the four-hour version of this podcast, dude. I'm, well, that's... I had a great time. Thank you. That's for the best me. thing is like, we, we usually don't even go this long and I could just keep talking to you forever. We should, we should do part two. Part two. Like, I'm yeah. I'm Spencer. Anytime, anytime you want to talk on us on a podcast, I'm down. You, you understand it. You get it. I have so much respect for you and thank you for doing what you're doing, dude. It's uh, it's awesome to see somebody in music with so much musical integrity and it's uh it's awesome that you're you're this rising star that i'm just so grateful to know so thanks dude for having me thanks for the incredible amount of compliments um i have i have two and i i feel the exact same way about you of course i i'm a massive fan of you i can't wait to come see you play um in november i'm gonna make it happen yeah. Um, text me. We'll I make have, this thing happen, dude. Dude, we, we a hundred percent should. I'm going to, as soon as we're done with this, I'm going to try to figure it out. Um, so I have two little baby questions before we end okay. this. Also, before I ask those, as soon as we're done, don't just hang up because the tracks have to download for like 30 seconds. Um, okay. all right. My two questions are one word to describe the way you're feeling today. Grateful. Don't really Instant. Yeah. That's it. I'm really grateful. Yeah. Uh, um, you know, cannot believe that I get a chance to chat with you. Um, cannot believe that I'm um, surrounded by so much like just happiness and joy in my life right now. And um, grateful for my family, for my position right now, for the climate that I'm living in. Like, I'm just so, I'm, I'm just really grateful for everything that's happening. And I feel like we all made it through this terrible time in our life and this is the reward and we're living inside the reward right now. And so that's how I feel personally. That's so good, man. Mine is way, way less uh, meaningful. Mine's hype. And (laughs) I have two really, really, really exciting meetings like right after this. Um, And yeah, one has to do a tour and I just, I, I'm just excited. I'm just like, we're getting close to releasing new music and tour dates and stuff. And I'm just like, so yeah, I'm so excited. And the hype oh, is real. Yeah. Hype is real, dude. I'm, 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 I'm excited for you. I'm, uh, I'm just blown away by it, dude. So congratulations on all that. That I sing an Elvis song with you on stage is the minute that, um, the minute that I kill myself because that's as far <laughs> as I'm going to get in life right there. That is that your retire is, moment. Yeah. That's just like, I'm done. That's yeah. We did so it. we're going to do that. Oh man, it would be an honor to do that with you. I'll sing with you anytime. Amazing. Um last question, just gut reaction whatever comes to your mind. Okay. Dean Z. Pause that last question. Where can everybody find you online? Online, I am on Instagram at Dean Z official. 
Uh, I'm on Facebook at DNZ Official, YouTube at DNZ Official, DNZ.com. Uh, I do. I don't really do Twitter. I have it, but I don't really use it. I think it's DNZ Official as well. Um, I think <laughs> that's how much I check it. Uh, yeah. But yeah. Most of my stuff's on a lot of the audience for Elvis is on Facebook. And so I do, do use that quite a bit, but, um, I'm also getting more, um, getting more time in on Instagram and trying to build the, the fan base there as well. Yeah. If you want to email Dean Z, it's big booty killer 44 at Yahoo. Yeah. Yeah, no, I'm, we're going, we're going old school. <laughs> I got, I got yeah. my hotmail going for you. <laughs> All right, here's the last question, Dean Z. We love you. Thank you so much for coming on. Thank you, brother. When's lunch? Lunch is now, baby. Three lunch o'clock. is now, Dean Z. Thank Woo! you so much. Let's go get that lunch. When's lunch? When's lunch? When's lunch? Oh, no.